0: Toronto mm-hmm. Irish Film Festival is running March 1-3 to 3, and there are a few short movies in there that um, are either in Irish or bilingual. Most of them are in, in English but one of the movies, Agus Agla uh, is directed by Catherine Nikain, and uh, it is running on Saturday, March 2nd as part of the series at 230 P. M. and they are all being screened at the Bell Lightbox, which is at 350 King Street in Toronto. And the website, if you want to get tickets, by the way, is www.toirishfilmfest.com. And Katrina is here to have a chat with me. Uh, Grog and Agles, a short documentary examining Irish people's attitude towards. Uh, the Irish language and the story follows comedian Anya Gallagher as she prepares material for her bilingual stand-up comedy show giving her an opportunity to explore why so many Irish people feel passionately about the Irish language but lack the confidence to speak it. And it is an, it's the short film is bilingual, it's in Irish and, and in English. and Katrina Nika she's from Connemara, in County Galway, and she grew up speaking Irish and is passionate about the importance of keeping and an, the endangered language alive. Uh, and Katrina has a background in journalism and television production, and is particularly interested in documentary filmmaking. Tafa Roth.: Kerman is it. Um, Hoss Connemara, um, mm-hmm. uh, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful spot with a, a rich heritage and, everywhere, and uh, the Irish language I know is vibrant and alive. Uh, mm. w- but I'm going to throw a curveball at just straight away uh, sure. because I noticed uh, that uh, an interesting tweet came out where a Russian has just been appointed as an Irish language officer in the Caelic <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: yeah, I saw but that. Yeah, Victor Biden
0: from Moscow is fluent in Irish and will implement a language pl- plan for um, the uh na and, and uh, down in the uh, what, Peninsula. I- uh, Right. what's interesting there is I saw another tweet that there was a response to that and it was uh, a guy and he said me, and, uh, that he was an Irish teacher and we have some people here, uh, lots in Canada who are Canadians who are fluent Irish speakers um, mm-hmm. so as I say I'm throwing that in just before we we start but so what inspired you to run with this and to create a documentary Um
1: well, I suppose um, it's something that's always interested me naturally um, because Irish is a language that I grew up with. I did all my schooling through Irish until I went to college and it was only at that stage when I started um, going to university lectures in English that I, that I was kind of seen as, um, I suppose, I didn't realise that there was anything kind of Different, or that, or that it was unusual to kind of grow up, I suppose, speaking Irish really until until that stage, and then you're exposed to all sorts of different kind of attitudes um, towards the language, and um, everyone kind of speaks about the reasons why why they don't speak it, or that it was taught it was taught badly in school, and um, there was kind of a lot of I was always kind of involved in conversations about the language and f- feeling like I needed to, to justify myself in um, speaking the language that I grew up with. And I suppose gr- making Grog as Agla was uh, an attempt to kind of start and to explore that topic and um, the different perceptions that are out there and the different kind of maybe the fears that people have about... Speaking a, a language at first when they're not totally comfortable with it, and uh, in terms of Irish, I wanted to kind of make an attempt at opening up that dialogue because I was hearing a lot of the same things from different people. There are so many people who loved the language and would love to speak it, but didn't get a lot of opportunities or just didn't feel confident enough with it. And uh, so when I met Anya, she was per- she is a stand-up comedian and very. Um, very like willing to give give everything a go and very kind of ambitious intelligent person and she just took it upon herself to start learning Irish and doing some comedy in Irish right. and um, so kind of following her in in her in preparations for the Edinburgh show which is going to be bilingual uh, we felt it would be a good way to kind of explore and um, explore the topic and the different kind of setbacks that people face when they're trying to Learn a minority language that isn't isn't really widely spoken, and where it can be difficult to kind of get opportunities to speak that language.
0: The um, when you talk in terms of comedy, and I'll come back to this n- later. Is uh, I know Des Bishop uh, mm-hmm. did tremendous comedy routine, um, and. Uh, that, that I would say encouraged a lot, or certainly tackled some of those taboos also. But there has been a tremendous resurgence in the language over the last number of years with the Gael And also I would say that in the last 25-30 years, at that time, back 25-30 years, there was a certain political overtone to somebody who may have embraced the language if you went around and you had the fanya on your lapel and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that would you say that those things have changed that the Gael have helped
1: and so yeah I would hope that um, people's perception have changed in regards to the Irish language being um, an elite kind of a thing um, I think that it is Something that's a part of every Irish person's identity, but there definitely is, has been the perception that uh, it kind of belongs to the to the small minority of people who might have grown up with it or um, had the opportunity to maybe go to a Gael Tacht um, in their teens. Um, but I think slowly but surely, more Irish people um, and people abroad are embracing the language and. Uh, Using their kuprifuku and seeing it as a positive thing, and uh, I hope that that continues.
0: Now, the other thing, uh, as we uh, mentioned at the beginning, there we know you have a Russian who has been appointed as the language officer, and it has um, spread to the point where here in Ottawa there is a, a faculty where people can get a credit. For the Irish language, and in some of the other universities across Canada, that's also the, the case as well. And um, it's been seen as something. Uh, when you get outside of Ireland, it's seen in very much in a different light. I would say in a positive light. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've seen that as well. Like um, I, a f- friend of mine from Italy introduced me to um, a friend of hers who goes by the nickname of Chippy, the Irish Hippie and uh, although he has no um he has no Irish heritage that he knows of, he went he came here to Ireland for um, a visit once to visit a relation of his and he just fell in love with the music and the language and he went home to Bologna in Italy and took it upon himself to find somebody who could teach him the language and teach him Irish dancing. Mm-hmm. so um I definitely have. Noticed that, and also um, I play football with an Irish language football team here in Galway. That's actually how I met Anya, the the lady who's in the documentary we made. Okay. Um, and on that team we have a mix of people from all over the world. There's Canadians, um, Americans, some Germans, some Spanish women, um, and everyone kind of embraces the language and makes an effort with the language and uh, it's great and it inspires other Irish people to do the same and uh, it's all in a very positive light and there's no kind of there's no pressure on anybody there's no like um, embarrassing anybody.
0: So Katrina the documentary itself it's a short film how long does it run?
1: uh it's about fifteen minutes
0: okay um,
1: we could have we could have made something longer or we could have made a few different a few different versions from the amount that we filmed, but um yeah, so fifteen minutes is the version we were asked to, to make um, for the funding scheme that it was made under. Okay. so um, yeah
0: Katrina, have you any other plans to direct and produce any more short films?
1: Uh, absolutely, yeah. I have a few things that I filmed there last week. Um, we did, or not, excuse me, not last week, last year, um, that I still kind of have in the can and I need to edit. <laughs> um, so I have those bits on the go. Those will just be like little short, short documentary pieces. Um, and then I have some ideas for some bigger projects. Um, I'm just kind of contemplating now when i will go ahead and kind of keep working with them because there are projects that would would take a large chunk to to see them through large chunk of time so i'd be looking at committing like between three to five years i'd say um but their are stories worth telling um and they, it's in line with um kind of a subject matter i worked on previously which was um the, the justice system okay. um, so, yes, so we'll see. So I have a few few ideas, but for now I'm kind of looking to hone my skills on the camera and that kind of thing um, so that I can work with the camera as well as kind of asking the questions and doing that side of directing. So I, w- I want to kind of become a bit more of an all-rounder okay. <laughs> and in in some way be able to be a bit of a one-man band. I'll um, always need, obviously... Team, team members around me but uh, yeah I'd like to kind of um, just kind of focus for the next while on building my, my own skills. Okay well
0: I want to thank you for taking the time it's been great and uh, again anyone who wants to catch the film it will be screened on Saturday March 2nd and the a group of uh, short films at 2.30pm and it's at the TIFF Lightbox Theatre at 350 King Street, in Toronto. The website is toirishfilmfest.com and you can find Katrina out on Twitter at catcoy11. You can follow her there, and you can also get her profile on the website under the directors, etc. Uh, we've been chatting with Katrina Nikain from Galway and as uh, Mara, and Katrina, go Mila